quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's August 9th, 2003. A sunny afternoon on the steps of the county office building in Norwalk, California, The pigeons have been replaced by the flashbulbs from dozens of media outlets. And the normally empty steps are packed with fans, soon to be voters. It's an audience waiting for a show, and they won't be disappointed. They've gathered to see the Terminator file official papers in a bid to become the governator. Hello. I'm the board of papers for the recall election on October 7th. Okay. And you know who I am, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Let's see if you can pronounce my name. Schwarzenegger. Very good. It was the official beginning of a campaign that Arnold Schwarzenegger would go on to completely dominate. Well, I'm very excited to be here today. This is the next step in running for governor of California and to bring the government back to the people. Schwarzenegger's star power was a huge gravitational force. In fact, some of the lesser-known candidates came out hoping to share some of the spotlight, like adult film star Mary Carey. I, I made sure to get there, and I waited in my car. I got there like an hour early, and I sat in my car and waited till I saw him leaving the courthouse. And then right when he was leaving, I walked up, hoping to also get a picture with him. But his people kept him away from me. You intentionally filed your paperwork at the same time as Arnold Schwarzenegger in order to try to get some of the attention he got? Yes, 100%. I got to have all the cameras on me and, and give a little speech, an impromptu press conference. Your name is Mary Carey. Yes. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? Um, I'm an adult film star, and I'm also a college student. I'm a sociology major. I do classes online with Florida Atlantic University, finishing up my degree there. And, um, you know, I just feel that, you know, the government is always been run by uptight, older men. And, you know, and when I recently asked Schwarzenegger about all that, he was very aware what was going on back in 2003. I realized right away What's going to happen is, is that, you know, people want to become famous by hanging out with me during the election process. And so that's what happened there that, that day when I registered. Today, we're going to look at how Arnold Schwarzenegger's status in Hollywood played out on the campaign trail and the history of celebrity candidates, plus the allure and pitfalls of electing a superstar. I'm CNN chief political correspondent Dana Bash, and this is Total Recall, California's political circus. It was a a big circus. Everyone compared it to a circus. It's difficult to articulate now just how famous Arnold Schwarzenegger was back then. I mean, when I was a kid, it was a big deal to go and see his movies as soon as they came out. It turns out he and I share the same favorite Schwarzenegger flick, Kindergarten Cop. I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. (laughs) I know. I was surprised, too. He was a massive star, and people loved themselves from Arnold Schwarzenegger back in 2003. 
That's Lisa Respers France. She covers entertainment for CNN. We don't have royalty. We have celebrities. And so I feel like in some ways, we as citizens, we almost yearn for that. We yearn for royalty because it seems so glamorous. He was born in Austria, but there was something that was really American about his persona. Yeah, he was the ultimate immigrant story in that he started out as a bodybuilder and then became this massive movie star. But he always made sure to let America know how much he embraced the country and embraced the people. He let us know that he was as American as apple pie just with that accent. Lisa says that American action hero persona was key to his political success during a really turbulent time in California. They saw him fighting the bad guys, and so that made him one of the good guys. And ultimately, we also like to be able to push the responsibility of choices off on other people. Um, Just let somebody else handle it. Let somebody who's bigger and stronger. Hello, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He had a lot of the attributes that we find attractive in politicians. Number one is being attractive. He's a good-looking dude. He's a big, hulking man. And so I feel like California just wanted... Arnold Schwarzenegger to throw them over his shoulder and, you know, just march off into the sunset. Schwarzenegger, the action hero, became Schwarzenegger, the politician, at a particularly unique moment in Hollywood. This was before social media's reign over culture. It's hard to picture now, but there was no Twitter, no Facebook, no iPhones. They didn't exist yet. But there was reality TV— and celebrity and real life were bleeding together. Keep in mind that the summer before, we had the monster that was American Idol premiere. And so reality TV became this thing where the public could participate, which to me was the precursor to social media because it pulled the general public into television in a way that they hadn't been pulled before. It was also a politically charged moment in Hollywood. In March of 2003, the U.S. invaded Iraq, And some of the loudest critics of that war were in Hollywood. So in 2003, Michael Moore won an Academy Award for Best Documentary for Bowling for Columbine. And he used his speech, his acceptance speech at the Academy Awards to slam the uh, invasion of Iraq, which drew both applause and boos. So with all this political tension in the country and especially in Hollywood... In comes Arnold Schwarzenegger to run for office. And he is not your typical Hollywood liberal. But at the same time, he's different from other conservative politicians. People had a hard time fitting his beliefs into the politics of the day. It's almost as if his celebrity, you know, superseded his politics. Um, In the way that people say, like, Oprah supersedes race, that people don't necessarily see Oprah as a black woman. They just see Oprah as Oprah. And it was the same thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. People didn't really seem to care that he was a Republican because he was such a massive star. They just wanted to hear what he had to say. And when I recently sat down with him at his house, it was really clear that to this day, Schwarzenegger is unapologetic about the way he used his massive stardom to his advantage. I guess you figured I'm the most famous guy in the world. Why not capitalize on it? I have so many assets because of my careers that why would I not use bodybuilding? And I say, we're going to pump up the economy. Of course, I would say that a regular politician 
doesn't have any of that. Because what did they have before? Nothing. They're running for politics because they maybe can get a job anywhere else. So, I mean, it's a totally different ball game. It was really obvious from the moment he announced his candidacy, this wasn't going to be like any other campaign. Instead of calling a press conference, he broke the news on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, with nearly 9 million people watching at home. And this is why I'm going to run for governor. He embraced his campaign like a movie role. He even performed action stunts at campaign events. He brought an old Buick spray-painted with the words Davis Car Tax to one of his rallies. And then, as the crowd looked on, a wrecking ball dropped from a crane and smashed the car into bits. And then he delivered that famous line. Hasta la vista, baby, to the car tax. In fact, he used his movie catchphrases through the entire campaign. Because I know I can clean house up there and say hasta la vista to Gray Davis. Those are the twin terminators of Sacramento. That's what those guys are. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I'll be back. Thank you. And he named the buses on a major campaign swing after his famous films. That settled he was off and rolling Schwarzenegger on a bus dubbed The Running Man, followed by buses of reporters, Predator 1, 2, 3, and 4. Those two movies, Running Man and Predator, they have another thing in common. A co-star who would go on to become governor of Minnesota in 1999, Jesse Ventura. And I tell you today that the one thing you'll get from Governor Jesse Ventura, you may not always want to hear it, but you will get honesty. Ventura was a former pro wrestler and actor and finished his term as governor a few months before Schwarzenegger took office. In so many ways, he feels like the precursor to Schwarzenegger as a politician. But these action heroes turned governors are actually part of a much longer history of celebrities in politics. We'll talk much more about that next. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... Lately, we have been paying attention to a very different virus, bird flu, which is caused by the H5N1 virus. If you start to hear that it's circulating in pigs, that would be a concern. That means I would go from sleeping with one eye open to one and a half eyes open. Yeah, that would make me very concerned. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. 
I would like to point out that politics and Hollywood have been intertwined from the beginning. That's Ben Mankiewicz. I'm a host at uh, Turner Classic Movies. I introduce uh, the movies. I'm the guy uh, lucky enough uh, at TCM to uh, talk for two minutes uh, before we show Casablanca. And then people come and say, oh, my God, you're great. But what they really mean is <laughs> Casablanca is great and, and I'm attached to it. Ben is the guy to talk to about this stuff. He has deep connections to Hollywood and politics. His father was Robert Kennedy's press secretary. And his grandfather, he co-wrote Citizen Kane, starring Orson Welles. Every straw vote, every independent poll shows that I'll be elected. Explain, if you will, how politics played into the early days of Hollywood. The men who ran the studios, and they were always men, were extremely politically active. Hollywood made propaganda films to support the Soviet Union uh, during World War II, films like Mission to Moscow. And then immediately after the war, with the Nazis vanquished, the Soviets become our enemy, and there became this witch hunt. The witch hunt he's talking about? Let's back up for a moment. It was the Cold War, and the fear of communism was everywhere, including Hollywood. In Washington, Republican Senator Joseph McCarthy led the charge to ferret out suspected communists, sparking the movement known as McCarthyism. Calling the House Un-American Activities Committee to order. And in the late 1940s, the House Un-American Activities Committee began investigating communists in Hollywood. Are you a member of the Communist Party? Or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? More than 40 Hollywood figures were subpoenaed to testify about alleged communist activities in Hollywood. There were also so-called friendly witnesses, including the head of the Screen Actors Guild, an actor named Ronald Reagan. We have done a pretty good job in our business of keeping those people's activities curtailed. After all, we must legally recognize them at the present as a political party. These hearings led to what has become known as the blacklist. And if your name was on it, you were banned from working in Hollywood. So it was really as a low point in Hollywood history, a real low point in Hollywood history. And it destroyed some lives and kept other people from working, you know, for six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. And in this moment of Cold War anxiety, the first conservative celebrity politicians began to emerge. Well, it really started in the in the 1960s um, uh, when an actor uh, named George Murphy who was a song and dance man and a pretty good actor. They're looking for a new personality. They must have caught our act. And, and like you said, you Murphy never know parlayed out. his Hollywood success into political success. In 1964, he ran as a Republican and was elected senator just two years before that other actor, Ronald Reagan, became governor of California. Back in the 60s, even in California, the idea of a movie star running for elected office was a little strange. Listen to this moment from a gubernatorial debate in 1966 with Democratic incumbent Pat Brown. What has Ronald Reagan ever done for the state of California in his entire life other than make a motion picture bedtime? But Reagan persevered. He leveraged his image as a protector of American values. It was the mid-60s in California, and clashes between the counterculture and the mainstream were everywhere. 
some hippies out there in the Haight-Ashbury district in San Francisco. This fellow that was doing the talking had a haircut like Tarzan, he walked like Jane, and smelled like Cheetah. And again, significant that this happens uh, in the 1960s against the a backdrop of, uh, of a massively changing culture against a fear among tens of millions of Americans that what you knew as America, what you considered to be America, was threatened in some way by uh, women's rights, by the sexual revolution, and by the civil rights movement. And, you know, to some extent, Reagan uh, ran against that. He was so successful, he used that same conservative playbook to get all the way to the White House in 1980, which must have been as surprising to some people as it was to Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Then tell me, future boy, who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? This was when Arnold Schwarzenegger burst onto the scene in Hollywood. It was the unexpected blockbuster Conan the Barbarian, premiering in 1982. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. The 80s were a time of blockbusters, a booming economy, and big hair. The money was flowing. The shoulder pads were massive. Life was good. So when you think wealth in this country, you don't necessarily think CEOs, especially not back in the 80s. You thought celebrities. The fact that celebrities had come to represent the pinnacle of wealth and success, that was powerful. And it may have added fuel to the fire as celebrity candidates from Clint Eastwood to Sonny Bono ran for office. So why has this phenomenon happened over and over again? What celebrity does is it helps to solve this learning problem. It helps to reduce the cost of knowing whether or not you're going to vote for a candidate. That's Joshua Tucker. We called him because he's a political scientist who researches this stuff at NYU. He says for ordinary voters, name recognition is everything. So if I walk into the polling booth, I see eight names there. I don't recognize seven of those names. But the eighth is somebody I know and have a good feeling about. Well, I could vote for one of the other seven. But if I do that, I might be making a mistake. If I vote for the celebrity, well, then at least I already have a sense of whether I like that person or not. And I might decide, oh, I don't particularly like that person, so I know it's simple not to vote for him. But I might also decide, hey, you know, I know something about this person, so that's a safer vote for me to cast. And as my CNN colleague Lisa Respers France told me, earning that kind of trust is something celebrities are really good at. So they're able to get out there, press the flesh, give people what they want, um, seem personable, seem like we are getting to know them on an intimate level, even when we're absolutely not. Gray Davis told me, quote, people think they know a celebrity. They think they know them like they knew their best friend. And if you're trying to criticize them, they say, oh, no, Arnold's not like that. You think he has a point? He absolutely has a point. I get it because these people come into our lives via the TV or if you're sitting in the dark in a movie theater. You feel like you know them because you come to love their characters. And so it fosters a false intimacy with these celebrities in which we feel like we get to know them. But in reality, we only get to see what they want us to see. And that helped Arnold Schwarzenegger so much. 
so much because he was strong. He was powerful. He was a cool dude. I mean, he was the Terminator. You can't, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Terminator when, when it comes down to defending America. Do you want an Arnold Schwarzenegger or do you want somebody who's not Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> when you put it like that, it's pretty easy to choose. Right. I go with Arnold. <laughs> There's one big catch, though. No matter how good you are at campaigning, shaking hands and kissing babies doesn't prepare you to govern. Here's Ben Mankiewicz again. We've become so cynical about the motives and intent of politicians that we sort of think that's not important. You just come in, you'll shake things up. And we are right now living in an era, and Arnold was part of that, uh, where sort of the idea that not knowing anything how to govern is, you know, makes you appealing. Um, And I I think that's uh, uh, enormously uh, regrettable. But that said... Like everybody else, I sort of like Arnold, right? And that's the gist of it right there. When we know and love a celebrity, we're willing to ignore signs that our candidate might not be the silver bullet we want them to be because we're dying to see what happens next. It's like a cliffhanger on a TV show. But this is real life, not TV. Unlike a reality show where the drama is fake and reveals are planned, We really don't know what's coming, whether that's California in 2003 or the White House in 2016. Somebody said to me the other day, you're the most famous person in the world by far. I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. They said, who's more famous? I said, Jesus Christ. Back in 2003, when it came to the recall election, no one was more famous than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Heading into the home stretch of the campaign, it was pretty obvious that Schwarzenegger was the front runner. Governor Schwarzenegger? Arnold plans for his first 100 days, as another poll suggests he's up and Gray Davis may soon be out. But a lot can change in any campaign's final days. One day after Arnold Schwarzenegger apologized for bad behavior toward women, now with only four days remaining before the election, ABC News and the New York Times report that Schwarzenegger expressed at least partial admiration for Adolf Hitler. The dramatic climax of the 2003 recall and what happens when I go to California and sit down for a rare conversation with Arnold Schwarzenegger himself. That's all coming up on Total Recall, California's political circus. This podcast is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer and Haley Thomas is the senior producer. This episode was produced by Will Cadigan. Emmanuel Johnson is our associate producer and Eden Getachew is our production assistant. Story editing by Lacey Roberts. Mixing and sound design by Erica Huang. With support from Abby Sharp, Ethan Cohen, Nadia Lancy, Ashley Lusk, Rafina Ahmad, Lindsay Abrams, Lisa Namoro, and Courtney Coop. I'm Dana Bash. Thank you so much for listening. New episodes drop weekly, so do follow our show where you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, you might also like CNN's other podcasts. Find them at cnn.com slash audio or your favorite podcast app. See you next week. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness. 
providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.